Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. With me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, discussing the hot topics from the week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And feel free to drop, drop us any comments or things to read out on air via our Google form, which you can find in the podcast information, the description box. Hey Clark, how's it going? Hello, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, had a pretty pretty good two weeks, although for me it is, like, people my age, it's a wedding, wedding season, so Oof. I've got like a gajillion, like, weddings and uh, stag do's and all this hullabaloo coming up. That's so. like the next nine years of your life, by the way, it's just oh, yeah. wedding, 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 maybe a funeral here and there, but mostly wedding. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. pr- pr- fingers crossed for no funerals, but you know. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, that's a really bad <laughs> way to start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> oh my god! But um, yeah, I guess it's also because of you know because of the pandemic for the past two years. It's like everything is now happening now. Oh, so it's like, like the yeah. funerals. Oh, oh no! Oh Jesus Christ! Oh my Christ. god! <laughs> oh, this has been a sunfire t- tavern forever. <laughs> We've been taken off air because the FDA have not approved yeah. us. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So, um, yeah, so uh, this is episode 59, so I'm going to read out the uh, agenda for this week. So um, we've got the usual what we've been playing, what we've been watching. Uh, we got a piece of fan mail, which is awesome, Woo! so we'll be reading that out. That's great. We've got fans um, now. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how to think about that. Um, anyway, sorry. And then there was the uh, Nintendo Indie Showcase that happened, well, literally like, what, half an hour ago or something? Which I didn't know about, but Clark watched it, so uh, Clark can give us a report. I'm very on the pulse, very um, much on the pulse of everything. Yeah, on the ball. Um, uh, yep. We've got Doctor Multiverse and the Madness of Strange. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I wrote that like that just to see if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, and then we've got Gotham Knights cancels previous uh, gen versions. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't hear about this. So the Xbox One and PS4 versions have been cancelled. Uh, I did hear about this, though. Babylon's Fall having a single player uh, on Steam charts. One person keeping it up. Um, and then EA dropping the fact that they're not using, they're not making FIFA anymore, uh, which is recent news as well. And then at the end of this week, we're going to, ha- uh, at the end of this episode, we're going to do the to- our top five chill tracks from... Um, games because we enjoyed doing the boss theme so much we thought we'd uh, carry on with the musical music stuff um so clark yeah what you've been watching what you've been playing so i mean more of the same this week but a little bit of new as well so a little bit of, i've gone back to overwatch and i'm catching up with the new season um i've managed to lose five dps games in a row so that's fantastic doing really well there mm. uh Great. what else have i been playing uh, finishing up kirby but still haven't got to the end of it yet because i haven't really had the time um, playing. Oh, I got Mario Odyssey on the Switch again, even though I completed it years ago when it came out. But I've been playing through that. Oh, nice! Um, and also got Fire Emblem Three Houses as well because ah. it was like super cheap in the sale. Did you play um, it when it launched? No. Uh, so I've I've been mostly buying digital recently because I'm just getting sick of like flicking cartridges and stuff and carrying all the cartridges around with me. Yeah. Um. So I got three houses and I managed to get it for like like eighteen pounds. Oh, that's pretty because, good. Because so it was in the sale down to like I think thirty or twenty eight or something like that. And then using my Nintendo Gold points, which I have an abundance of, I managed to take another chunk off, which was quite nice. So got that cheap and I'm quite enjoying it. It's very much a dating sim though. Oh like, yeah really really a dating sim oh, yeah. which is not not really what fire emblem is i thought like fire emblem i thought was a tactical 
like battle game. Well, it's just this one isn't. <laughs> basically, what happened was is that um, when oh, what was the one that like re revitalized the series? It was. Um... Um, I know the one you mean, the 3DS one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, really I know popular. which one you mean. Um, and basically, because that one had, it was the one where you could have ki like your, you could have kids, and then your kids came yeah. back into the from the future and traveled back in time to the past. It was the one with um Tharja and all the yeah like the Is really it Awakening. Characters. Awakening, that's the one. Awakening. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Ever since that one, because that one really played heavily on like the whole like character development and uh, dating sim aspect, and then they, you know, I guess. Intelligent systems basically went like, huh, seems like people like shipping characters, so then they just went crazy with it. So yeah. It seems like... they forgot the rest of the game. There isn't really much battling in the game. Yeah, it's yeah, because I played Which three houses. Odd. Yeah, I played three houses when it first came out, and the first half of the game is great because it's just like I remember people saying it's just like Hogwarts simulator, or it's like a school simulator, which exactly is cool. That. Exactly and, then the, and then the war phase, which is the second half, is just kind of like. Oh, hang on, I haven't got there yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> shit. Um... I, I keep referring to it. No, it's, it's fine. Like, spoilers are not really going to be a thing. I just keep referring to it as horny Hogwarts because, <laughs> like. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're all just getting horny. Yes, yes, about right. Like, there's there's a character called Manuela who every time I meet her, she's yep. like, oh, I'm in a towel, and then the towel falls off, and she's like, I mean, she's not naked in the game, but yep. she's telling me she's naked, and it's just like, oh my god, will you people take cold showers? Yep. Um, so I've been playing that. That's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, so I did pick up in the Xbox sale again with some points from the Xbox. Um, you know, the Game Pass weekly quest that you have to do on Xbox to get discounts. Oh, cool! I didn't know about that. But that's very. It's cool. a cool thing. You, you get you uh, gather Microsoft points by doing like weekly little like play a Game Pass game, play three Game Pass games, get an achievement in a Game Pass game, like that kind of stuff. You that's do it once really a week. Really cool. Okay, and sometimes cool. you do get they call them I think punch cards. Mm. And once you fill out the punch cards each week, you get like two, three, five thousand points, which is a ton oh. of money. Like that's like five, ten, fifteen pounds every now and again. That's a great incentive. So I use that. And combined it with the sale that's on at the moment, and got the Arkham collection. So, which is Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and Arkham Asylum. Yeah. The remastered versions, all on Series X, but it's the versions for the Xbox One X. No, Xbox One. Sorry, yes. it's the version for those. Okay. But so, I mean, I've played them all and completed them all. But I just thought, you know what? For it was like six pounds, I think it cost. Yeah. For those three amazing games, which are easy, like there's probably about two hundred hours of gameplay there. Why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? However, the 60 FPS boost is disabled for those games, oh. which is really irritating because I played them initially on PC where you just had 60 FPS as standard, and it is a bit jarring. Now that now that I've been playing everything in 4K and 60 FPS, going back to 30 FPS is quite jarring. Like it's yeah. it's very noticeable. But I've been doing that. Um, we also saw Multiverse of Madness, which we'll talk about in a minute. And we're going to go and see Everything, Everywhere, All at Once next yeah, week. Yeah, I really want to see that film. It... So we can talk about that in the next podcast because it does look amazing. But I'm hearing very uh, varied reviews on it. Like some amazing and some terrible. Yeah. So... I am very interested to see it, though. Like concept-wise, it seems cool. Um, but have you seen Doctor Strange yet? No, I haven't. And I oh, mean, we can talk, we can one talk about conversation. it. No, no, no. We can talk about it because I, I want to give my thoughts on the Marvel okay. stuff. But, um, that's cool. Okay. Uh, but cool, yeah. Otherwise, we'll, we'll get to that, but otherwise, um, I think that's been everything I've been playing and watching, and I finished Sabrina. That show ends like a fart in a cupboard. It's terrible. Oh, um, I mean, it's, it's a terrible show anyway, but like, it, it, it's great, but it's not age well, and got to the end of it, and I was just like, eh, well, I guess that's done. Uh, uh, and then, obviously, we've got Stranger Things coming out in a couple of weeks' time, so that's going to fill my life while I move, because I'm now in the process of moving. Hooray! 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 So, what have you been playing and watching, Ollie? 
Um, okay, so the main game I guess I played uh, in one evening, actually, uh, is a small indie game called Stacklands uh, that came out okay. on Steam quite recently, I think. Because um, one of my friends at work was talking about it, so I thought I'd check it out. And it took me about four hours to complete, but um, it reminds me a lot of these kind of like old school Flash games where like... Um, it just goes with like one. Someone had an idea for a cool concept or UX experience, and just went like, "Here you go, I'm gonna make a game about it, whatever." Yeah. Uh, so it was four pounds on Steam, um, and it's by a, a group called Sock Pop Collective. As far as I'm aware, it seems like they have this thing where they have a Patreon you can subscribe to, and then basically they just make like tiny little games every month or something, which is really a really cool idea. I'd never heard of it before, but um, yeah, so this is a game I just bought on Steam. I'm That's not cool. subscribed to the uh, Patreon. The game itself uh, is like a combination of like a roguelike city builder and card game. So how it works is that you kind of like start off with just a card on a board. That which is just titled like villager or human or whatever, right? You just got like a dude, um, and then you basically buy card packs with money as an in in-game currency, not real money. Um, it's all real time, by the way. So you buy these card packs and then you open them up, and then you might have a card which is like a wood card or a stone card, uh, or like you know resource resources, or there might be monsters in the card packs, etc., etc., etc. So when you drag the cards and stack them on top of each other, that's how you interact with them. So, for example, when you put your human on top of uh, a rock card, they'll start mining the rock, and then you might get some stone out of it, or an iron, some iron, or you know, items, for example. Um, and then you basically craft things together by stacking cards on top of each other, and then you know, then they will start crafting and combining into something new. Um, it's a really neat concept. Also, it's very like for a small game, it plays really well. Like juicy, like all the animations and everything feels really solid. Like it's a really good UX experience. You said it plays juicy. Juicy, yeah. So, juicy is a term I use. Uh, well, I it's actually, it's, it's kind of well. From. It's it's a well used term I think in like gameplay, or it used to be. Where is it? if you were, well, no, 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 seriously, yeah. So there's actually lots of GDC conferences on it. Uh, which is about juicing oh. in com in quotation marks your gameplay. Oh, I thought that was a very specific comment in reference to you know the the franchise that we used to work on together. Oh no 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 no, uh. <laughs> no nothing to do with that. It's a time to do with like uh, adding like adding like um, really nice like feeling effects to your game. So for example, like screen shake, right? You know, like you can make a shooter, you don't need any screen shake, but then you add screen shake in there, and suddenly the game feels way better, even though it doesn't actually change the it doesn't change mechanically the game, but it just feels really good, right? Okay. Yeah. Or like you know vibration effects in like your controller, or like um, you know making things really bouncy, making sure things move smoothly, etc., etc. Et so it's just like sprinkling. It's like you know, it's, I guess you call it like sprinkles on like a cake or something. You know, like it's like the little things that make it make it special, I guess. Uh, anyway, the toppings. Yes, yeah, the toppings. Okay, I get right. it, I get it. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's a really good game. I finished it in about four hours. So it's a roguelike. So you have to feed your um, villagers at the end of each day and make sure you have enough food cards for them to eat. And when they don't have enough food, they die. And if you all your villagers die, then you. And, you know, your game ends. And then there is a main quest objective, which is to... Oh, well, I won't spoil it, because there is an end to it. Um, but yeah, it's a cute little game. I'd recommend it, just, you know, for like £4. Uh, apart from that, I, I am I started Elden Ring again. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not really happy with how my Elden Ring experience was going. So I started the game again, 
and this time instead of picking the weird wretch class, I just picked samurai. And I am just like mainlining through the game and just like getting all the weapons I found like in my other playthrough that I thought were like broken but weren't built to use. Uh, and now I'm doing that and the game is so much more enjoyable because it's so much more, <laughs> it's like just I'm killing things really quickly yeah. basically. I'm, I'm, so, yeah. I'm just about to start a samurai play for myself actually. Yeah, so, like yeah. I basically, and you know also the other thing is that I guess I've also kind of become a bit of a murder hobo uh in this playthrough uh which is basically just there's all these npcs with quests and stuff like that and uh, before they even finish their dialogue i've already killed them and looted their bodies <laughs> for like their weapons because i'm like i just want your really long katana i don't really yeah. care, <laughs> I, don't care what, I don't care what your story is give me your weapon yeah, yeah yeah exactly give me your your big hat and your long sword that's all i want <laughs> oh god that was my my objective for the whole of my first playthrough of Elden ring the big hat <laughs> yeah you know the, the snow witch's hat yeah yeah, yeah Rani's I, hat. i yeah. wanted that i was like okay that is a big hat that's a, that's that a hat. big hat you, you put a big big hat in a game i'm going for it is that like dude i mean dark souls well known for having characters with big hats like, large hatted people exactly um yeah. but yeah apart from that i'm watching there's an anime airing at the moment called spy x family i don't know if it's supposed to say the x uh but it's really 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 wholesome and really cute uh it's about a fam it's basically a story set in i don't really know what time period it is it feels like a little bit before modern times so like uh but it's set in like a fake europe where there's a spy so it's very campy i guess like there's this like james bond style spy uh and his mission is to like infiltrate this this country but in order to do it he has to like basically make a fake family but his family consists of him as a spy uh this daughter he adopts which who also happens to be able to read minds and his wife who happens to be an assassin but none of them know what each other's like special thing is so it's quite like a light-hearted comedic and pretty good uh like shonen series that's going on right now i think it's quite popular interesting yeah yeah it's it's really fun um i wouldn't be surprised if after it's finished airing on crunchyroll or airing in japan if like netflix picks it up because like i feel like it's one of these series which is like probably you know uh accessible enough or like you know not neat it's not very niche i'd say it's like quite easy to watch so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, another network picked it up just to, like, air it when it's finished, like, the series is finished. Uh, so, yeah, would recommend that if you're looking for, like, some light-hearted thing to watch and you like anime. Um, but, yeah, that's that's it, I think, the highlights. There's probably, like, little other bits here and there of, like, random TV shows and stuff I watch, but nothing really of note. Um, but, yeah, okay, cool. So I guess we can crack on to our first port of call, which is the fan mail. So uh, we got a letter. Got a it's letter. from a person, a real. I didn't even write it myself. Like it's not a fake one. It's actually <laughs> from a person, unless you wrote it, and then hmm. no, um, no, I promise. But it. yeah, we we got some fan mail, and we it unfortunately hasn't got a name on it. But I'll read it out. So the and thank you so much for taking the time to write this. It's very nice and yeah, very thank you. Heartwarming. I'm very happy about that. Mm. Um, so it reads: Really enjoyed episode fifty-eight. Good to have you back after a break. Uh, thoroughly enjoy your chats and unique take on games in the industry in the UK. Keep up the good work, chaps. Uh, P.S. The correct answer to the best boss theme is Gwyn's theme from Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Uh, after a long, grueling, horrifying and challenge- challenging game, that is a long sentence, uh, the sad, simple piano music initially surprises, then you realise it matches a weary yet still dangerous boss. So unexpectedly poignant and matches the player's feelings knowing the end of the journey is near and the bittersweet feeling of finishing a classic for the first time. Oh yeah, that is, it's, I mean that's more for you because I didn't play much of Dark Souls 1 and you did that amazing explanation of the song. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, but that's such a cool uh, thing. Thank you so much for writing that, by the way. It's lovely. Yeah, and I hundred percent agree. Like that. Yeah, Gwyn's theme is iconic, right? And I guess my answer of like putting what was it, Soul of Cinder in Dark Souls Three, only really is there because of Gwyn's theme from Dark Souls One, right? Of being that being so iconic. They had the that cool place. story, like, yeah. and you you gave all that reference information, like, it, I mean, technically that is a uh, a, a late motif, but it's really not because mm. it's really late, like, it's just <laughs> yeah, three oh, games it's like... away. <laughs> <laughs> we need a new That's name for that, late. like, late yeah. motif, <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, season motif, we'll call it. <laughs> um, but no, like, I really enjoyed uh, your kind of take on that. It was super interesting to listen. And this is why I love video games music, because it's not just music. There's always a story behind it. Mm. And also with our uh, section today, which we've now found to be quite enjoyable, um, we had to pick music that we find like chill out or like cool in games. Yeah. And I, I had five in my head. And as soon as I put the first one down, I was like, yeah, but there's that. And then there's that. <laughs> I literally had about 6,000 tracks that I wanted to yeah. play, but we did the podcast be going on for like a month. For sure, right? Um, yeah, and we haven't got that amount of time because we're both busy boys now. So Yeah, um, but, um, but, yeah. but yes, 100% agree with what, what's been sent in here regarding uh, Gwyn's theme. And yeah, thank you so much for sending uh, your messages. But yeah, um, yeah. If, if well, you... Also, just, just while we're there, I downloaded, well, I didn't download, downloaded, what is this, 1996? Um, <laughs> I went on YouTube and listened to Gwyn's theme, like the actual original. It's lovely. Mm. It's very oh, nice. Yeah. I, can, I can definitely see the reference in the track that you played last week. Yeah. The so, Plin Plin Plon, dude. It's so good. But, um... I've, got, I've got a tattoo that says Plin Plin Plon. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be someone out there who's got that right oh, absolutely yeah. of course there is yeah. it's like who needs to tattoo the bonfire or gwyn himself just tattoo yeah. the plin plin plon plin plin plon yeah um, yeah so that's, that's super nice of you to write in thank you so much yeah and if anyone else would like to write in um the descript the form will be in the description uh of this podcast just as a yes, it will. thing but yeah cool so uh moving on from that uh we've got the nintendo's indie showcase so clock what did you see? What was cool? So, uh, in no particular order, because the Nintendo um, website didn't put it in order of, of how they revealed it, but there was a game called Another Crab's Treasure, which is the weirdest thing I think I ever saw. Like, you know how crabs <laughs> have been kind of a, a thing in, like, we've had, like, Crab Brawl and Crab Fighter and all those kind of things. There's been yep. a lot of crab-themed indie games. Mm-hmm. This one is a Crab Dark Souls game. And it literally, <laughs> it's not just, this is the Dark Souls or Crab games. It actually is a Dark Souls-like clone. <laughs> So you have your, your shell stolen and you have to use like plastic bottles and stuff as a shell while you're fighting other creatures under the sea as a crab. And that's, yeah. that's it. That's the whole concept. Like, oh uh, so that was something. That's kind of cool. Mm. Uh, there was Gunbrella, which is the best name for a game ever. Oh, which is, yeah. So you, you have an umbrella that is also a gun and it's obviously it's Devolver Digital. It couldn't be yes. anything. Although it's, it's actually developed by Doinksoft. Uh, yeah, but people made Gato Roboto, Volvo. right? Yes, that's yeah, exactly yeah. them. Um, and this looked really cool. Like this, this just looked cool. Mm. So it, it started out. I was like, "This is great," and then it became like a super action, like bullet hell kind of looking game. And I went, "Oh, this is not so great." And then Devolver popped up, and I was like, "I'm back in the game. Here we are." <laughs> so it, another another banger from Devolver by the looks of it. And, and yeah. just the style was like it was. I mean, it was two dimensional, sort of like voxel, not voxel pixel art, um, and kind of grainy. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, but it was like Western. Noiri? Yeah, Western is probably, yeah, okay, better, that's probably a better Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. think Noir... Western Noir. Western, Western Noir, yeah. But, um, so there was that. Yeah. Um, I, saw a trailer, I tr- saw a trailer for that pop up on my YouTube feed uh, earlier, and so I watched it. And yeah, that game looks really cool. Um, yeah, it really does. Cool so I'm excited for that one. There was then Mini Motorways, which uh, uh, yeah. is from Dinosaur Polo Club. 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's the people that made Mini Metro. Yeah, Metro. I think, I, think it I would is, assume yeah. it is because it looks like the same brand. Yeah, it looked lovely. I, I enjoyed Mini Metro. This looked like more of that um, with slightly new mechanics and stuff. But this looked cool. I like this. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a good. I think it, that game's been out. It was out on Apple Arcade or it was out on something, some kind of exclusive uh, thing. Because I remember see I've seen gameplay of it, and yeah, again, if you like Mini Metro, it's just uh, a slightly different take on that. Really cool game. But also, just to add, while you're listening to this, that should now be on Nintendo Switch because it was launching later today. Oh, and sick. So, so at some point today, that'll pop up. I'll probably pick that up because that's a nice chill game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a cool one called Ooblets. Uh, this was from a company called Glumberland, which I oh, think is I an that. awesome name for a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is sort of like Stardew Valley and Farmville meets... Um, do you remember that Doka V reveal? That yes. crazy-ass Korean thing? It looks like a cross between those two. Mm. But not with the high quality of Dokovi, so it's more of like a um, sort of cell shady effect on all the on all the characters and stuff, and all these like weird little creatures that are sort of Pokemon looking. Yeah, but they it seems that you you gather them and they they tend to your garden. I remember or your, seeing. Your farm. I remember seeing this game on Steam a few years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so it's on Switch now. Um, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. It did look cool. Like it looked interesting. So it's definitely a Switch game. Uh, the next one, however, is definitely a Ollie game for sure. Oh. It was a game called Elec Head, and it, or Elec ah, Hib. I think yes. it was Elec Head yes. from, a, from a developer called Nama Takahashi, who was a guy that uh, made this game while he was working through or leading up to university, and he did it in a couple of weeks and then turned it into an actual game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know Elec Head. Yeah, I, th- I think someone linked it to me a few a while ago. Or at least the name reminds me, uh, but the name comes to head is it the one where well you you're like a person with like a it's like a kind of like puzzle platformer kind of yep, game that's it yeah that's the one you've got it yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's two-dimensional and like shovel art style uh, shovel knight not shovel art shovel knight style uh so kind of basic looks kind of like amiga graphics um and it's it's sort of like if Mega Man was a puzzle game mm. like you use your head to like every time you touch a platform the platform electrifies and does something or turns something on Yes. And you just have to make your way from left to right, um, or right to left, depending on where you are in the game, I would assume. Um, it, it looks super interesting. I like this one. Like, yeah. This cool. I think there's, like, the puzzle elements get a little bit more complicated, because you can, like, detach your head and leave it on certain things, like, yep. electrify certain stuff. Which so, yeah. brings in the mechanic of you can only have your head detached for 10 seconds or you die. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Very neat uh, but idea. It, yeah. it looked cool. It looked very cute. Like, a nice, cheap little distraction. Like, I'm sure that's going to be popular. Um, there was a game called Soundfall, which is an action RPG rhythm action game. Okay. There you go. So if you imagine um, Diablo meets DDR. <laughs> Interesting. So oh, Excuse me, I'm trying not to cough. I've got a very uh, sore throat. Sorry? So it's kind of like a um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, but if it was... Exactly like that, a, yes. Yeah, like a, yep. like a Diablo, kind of like ARPG. Crypt of the Necrodancer, but with... Um, what are the what are the people called in um, in Diablo? Uh, the, Nephilim, no Nephilim. Crypt the, the Necronauts with Nephilim. Okay. Uh, it looked interesting. It looked very pretty, like very bright and colourful. It looks it looked like a cool idea for a game. And cool. there was over 140 songs to choose from as you play, so that could be kind of cool. Uh, and that's actually out on Switch as you're listening to this. So there you go. Awesome. So you can give that one a try. That's called Soundfall, and that's by a company called Drastic Games and Noodle Cake. Awesome. Noodlecake being popular in mobile developers, I believe. Yeah. Um, then there was Wild Frost, which is... Uh, it was a roguelike deck builder, which basically just looked like Hearthstone, but low effort. 
I had no okay. interest in this at all. Like I saw this and just rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, another card game. Uh, that comes out at the end of the year. I'm sure it'll have its fans. It was from Trucklefish, so well, Trucklefish uh, produced it, and it's made by Deadpan Games. Okay, cool. I mean, whatever. Uh, and then there was another one which was really fucking weird called We Are OFK, and this is a a, a K-pop band going through their journey of becoming a band in Los Angeles, and right. it's like an animated narrative. So, like, when you remember those narrative uh, free-to-play games on mobile where it's like they're telling the story and you you make the choices for the characters? Yes. It looked like one of those. Okay, cool. But with a pretty cool art style, but I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I've never been a fan of those kind of games, so, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was... Sorry, that's by Tia, Team OFK, which is weird. Uh, then there was a game called Batora Lost Heaven, uh, which was an, another action RPG. Um, didn't really say much to me. It was just an action RPG, and there's quite a few of those out at the moment. Yeah. Uh, there's one called Silt, um, which looked, was like you were... Sw- it was sort of a bit like Limbo, but underwater, so you're a diver. Right, okay. uh, and that's a, the best way I could describe that one. But that comes out next month. There was also Tabs, which is totally accurate battle simulator, which yep. everyone knows about. Great. Uh, Wayward Strand, which was uh, a weird game set in, of course, 1970s rural Australia, which was a weird thing to point out. Um, and you're in a flying hospital, and you just have to have like a narrative through this flying hospital. Very weird. I didn't quite get what this was. It didn't right. really say anything to me. It was just weird. Sorry, what's that game called? Uh, Wayward Strand. It's by Ghost Pattern. Okay. And then the big one for me, which is one that I've really enjoyed watching the progress of, is a game called Cult of the Lamb, um, which looks a little bit like Binding of Isaac meets, um, like, what was that game that we were talking about last week that popped up? uh, You know that Turnip game? Oh, uh, Turnip Boy commits um, tax evasion. Yeah, it looked like a cross between those two games. Even though Turning Boy commits tax evasion is kind of a Zelda-like. In fact, it's a Zelda-like. There we go. That's what okay. I'm going for. Cool. Um, and then otherwise, there was um, some little minor mentions of other games, but nothing really stood out. There was just like a little reel of other things to come. But that was the Nindies Direct. It was quite interesting. There's quite some cool stuff. Usually I watch the, Nin- the Nindies Direct and I don't really have any interest. Mm-hmm. This one I was like, oh, like that, like that. And there was a lot of Devolver. So, which, Call to the Land, by the way, um, is also again Devolver produced game. by Devolver. Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. Speaking well, yeah. of Devolver, did you see who popped up uh, taking pictures and selfies and stuff outside the studio a few weeks ago? No. Everyone's favorite Devolver character. It was Nina. Um, oh. You know, so she's she's doing the next part of the meta story. Awesome. Because uh, she was outside the Devolver building like taking selfies and stuff and yeah. posting it on the social channel. I was like, <gasps> of course, because it's also E3 season. Well, well coming what up would have been it, right? E3 yeah. season. Oh, no, wait. I mean, E3's not happening this year, is it? Exactly. So, it's, I mean, there's going to be a Devolver showcase because there always is. Yes. But it, it's not going to be E3 themed, so whatever. But yeah, so that was the indie showcase. Cool. Sweet, yeah. yeah. Just kind of cool. Yeah. Check out uh, those indie games on your Switch uh, yeah. if you've got some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely some of those ones I'm going to check out. Maybe mo- yeah, mini me motor- too. Mini motorway sounds like a pretty good like travel game. So it really does. Yeah, I will hmm. check that out. Cool. Um, so next on the agenda, we've got Doctor Strange. Yeah, right. So I saw this last week. So before you tell me, give you give me your verdict on the film. Um, so I've heard this is what I've heard so far. So I've heard like mixed things about it. Um, obviously, you won't discuss spoilers, don't want to discuss anything. My questions to people have always been, like, how does this tie... It, how does, like, 
WandaVision tie into this? Because obviously, I'm sure there's going to be people who haven't seen WandaVision who then Oof. have to watch this film, and then they'll probably be like, huh? And are they going to be, like, missing context? <laughs> um, so, like, and then the other thing of it being, like, um... Yeah, I guess I just don't really know what the fuck is happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the moment. I don't think Marvel do either. Okay. So, you absolutely have to watch WandaVision to make any sense of this movie. You will have no idea what's going on if you've not seen WandaVision. Right. This movie This movie is, like, built on WandaVision's storyline. Okay. And it, it's, it's complex. Even if you haven't seen it, there's a lot going on that doesn't really make sense. Uh, but you you slowly make sense of it throughout the film. Mm. It, however, is not really a movie about Doctor Strange. It's more of a movie about the Scarlet Witch, uh, focusing on her bonkers powers and how she's mental and blah blah blah. Um, like it's it's really the the Scarlet Witch show and not the Doctor Strange show. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, although Doctor Strange does get a lot of screen time, the the, the storytelling is all around her. Oh. And like her character development and how she's because obviously she's sad that she hasn't got her kids anymore because you've, you've you've seen one division yes yeah uh, and it's sort of like the the the, the how she reacts to that uh, I, I can't really give much away but I said I mean can I give like minor spoilers or do you do not want none at all um no I mean I don't mind at all but I guess we should just preface uh, on the podcast very very minor I'm gonna I'm gonna talk roughly about the the starting plot of the movie so like the first half an hour or so. Cool. Um, I'm not really going to give much away, but essentially you are traveling across the multiverse because you've you've bumped into this character that can effectively tear open the multiverse and pull you through it. Um, and you start meeting like loads of different variants of of, of Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. Um, of other characters, and then you obviously land in this world where um, the Avengers that you know are not the Avengers that exist, effectively. But I can't really say more than that because that's kind of a reveal at that point. Okay. Um, but that's that's like where you get to the midpoint of the movie. Um, so it, it's kind of cool, but you're effectively trying to protect this girl because uh, Wanda, for some reason, it is explained in the movie, but I won't tell why, Wanda wants this girl. Right. Effectively, she, she's, she's trying to get her, and Doctor Strange is trying to protect her. Okay. And that's pretty much the premise of the movie. Um, it's beautifully shot. Like it's the the action scenes are gorgeous. The CG is amazing. Um, I really enjoyed it. I got to the end of it. I was like, that was a great movie. That the the post credit scene is a bit shit because it's more of like a nudge to other directors. Right. But, in what way? I I mean I can't say because it's okay, a big spoiler. Okay. <laughs> as, as in like plot wise, as in like as in a as nudge no, to no other plot de- to it no plot to as it as in a nudge to other oh as oh okay i see what you mean as in yeah. like it's like a reference not like nudging other develop sorry nudging other directors to be like hey step up your game more like a no. nudge of being like haha i see you no it's it's actually it's it's just saying hey i'm friends with this person right Yay. okay yeah and it's like all right cool cool like the the director is friends with the person who is in the the scene right okay and, okay yeah so which is a bit like all right okay that's fine cool. um but we went to see it at a cinema called the everyman cinema um, ah yeah which are amazing by the way like like I've... this this has taken cinema to the whole next level yeah so i've heard about these so are they just in london or are they around the uk but i don't know they're definitely a chain there's more than one but we went to the one in crystal palace cool Yep. And what it is, uh, instead of it being single chairs, it's big, comfy, squishy sofas. Mm. So you sort of have to go with two people. I went with a couple of friends, and we all kind of squeezed up into two sofas, which was lovely. Nice. Um, and, and it was just nice. And because you pay a little bit more for the tickets, 
no one's talking, no one's playing on their phones, everyone's respecting each other's yeah. like space. Um, and also people bring food and drinks to your table. Like I was eating a hot dog while I was watching it, but a nice hot dog, not a shitty cinema one. Oh, that's um, we were having gin and tonics. I mean, it cost a fortune, but it was a nice, like, it was a nice day out. It's a good we went for a barbecue afterwards. It's like a good experience, right? Like you know, it was really... a lovely experience. Like absolutely, if you're dating or in a like a, in a relationship, it's absolutely something to do. Mm. Like it, it really was a lovely event, and you, you just felt so like so comfy and lovely. That's awesome, man. Right, so have... I really enjoyed that, but it, it made the, I don't know if that made the movie better, but I definitely in, enjoyed the movie as a result of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Multiverse of Madness, uh, it, it really it, so so the, the the core topic of conversation that we came out of the movie with is is, this, is that like if you remember the Infinity War saga and leading up to Endgame, it was very clear that Marvel was going in a direction, yeah, going somewhere. Right now we're in what phase five is this? I think we're still in phase four. Whichever phase we're in, it feels like it's going absolutely nowhere. There's no overarching bad guy. Yeah. There's no like bigger plot. There's no bigger story being told. It's just a load of disconnected bollocks. And and then obviously this multiverse, which is effectively saying to the audience, "Hey, we can kill off all the characters, and it doesn't matter." Yeah. We like, I'm not saying that want. that happens, but that they're saying that there's no rules anymore. Yeah, it's like they like, they can basically do what they want, which yeah. means that there's no real like weight to anything, I guess. Yeah, so there's there's no big Thanos threat. Unless there is a character that pops out of nowhere, which, again, there is no spoiler here because this is purely out of my own brain. Unless there's a character that comes out that, like, controls the multiverse, mm. there is no weight at all to anything that happens in these movies. Like, you get to the end of it and you're like, all right, yeah, you know, that, that could be all undone because we're, what, Universe 616, I think we're referred to as? Oh, I'm not. Um, which is how it's referred to in the Marvel Universe. We're 616. And and they're, they're like, oh, there's literally infinite of them. And it's like, okay, so yeah, none of this has permanence. <laughs> so there's like, because, well, I know Loki was um, kind of alluding to something, but then I feel like they haven't really explored the stuff past that yet, right? So No, and, and I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, when you see it, I don't think Loki was mentioned at all in this movie, like any part of the Loki storyline. Oh. I think the only thing that came out of Loki was M- Morbius, is his name? Mor- yeah, Morbius is like oh, not so the I good he- guy. Also, I heard. A... Whoa, wait, wait. Morbius. Wait, are you talking about the Jared Leto film, which is also no, apparently no, no, no. Re- apparently the worst, the worst film. It's supposed to be terrible. Like, they've yeah. also gone very quiet about that as well. I've not seen. Um, it, but... No, it's the what's his name, the Kang the Conqueror or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's who is supposed to be the next. Thanos, essentially. Yeah, but he's not mentioned at all in this yeah, movie. Like he's still not at, at all. He's not appeared is... in any films, right? Like it's no. just from Loki, where he's alluded to. But... but if you remember the Thanos threat, all of the bits leading up to Endgame were mentioned in like the first few movies. Yeah. So like the Infinity Stones, the Guardians, all that kind of stuff, were all mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's been mentioned here. It's just like, eh, movie. Yeah. Which is fine. It's a very dumb movie. You get to the end of it and go, okay, that was cool. But eh, and also some of the cameos. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! It, it's fun. It, it's definitely an enjoyable movie. I, I would recommend people go and see it. But it's it's it feels like Marvel really is scrabbling to make sense of what they're doing. They definitely don't have the quality they did uh, when they were building up to the Infinity War saga. 
I guess, Infinity Saga, whatever it's called. I guess now it's kind of like superhero movie fatigue again, right? Yeah, yeah. we're in that phase again where, you know, remember when we had like Iron Man 42 and <laughs> Iron Man yeah. Iron Man goes to college. Like, it was just like, all right, enough of Iron Man. We're a bit bored of him now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're probably in that phase and, and I accept that there's probably going to be another couple of years before we start booting up. Um, but for now, eh, I'm not really sure where they're going with it. Mm. Okay. Well, that was Doctor Strange. Cool. Uh, and what we'll probably do is if you see everything everywhere, always, whatever it's, everything everywhere all at once, that one. Yep, that's the one, yeah. Are you going to see that next week? Uh, hopefully. I want to see so it. So am I. Yeah, so. So we'll catch up in the next Sunfire Tavern, which will be in two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, we'll And we'll talk about that, because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in that one, because that's supposedly quite intense, that movie. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. With googly eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was Multiverse of Madness. So. Uh, next topic on the list is uh, Gotham Knights cancelling their previous version, uh, previous gen versions. So the Xbox One and the PS4 versions of that game have been cancelled. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because mm. we're now accepting that we're moving to the next generation. Yeah. Even though we still don't have, I mean, the 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 chip shortage thing has sort of been almost resolved. By the looks of it, because people are now getting PS5s and Xbox... Did you get a PS5, by the way? Nope. I'm still deciding whether I want to get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. Okay. So I'm still in that process and then trying to find one, which I know is also... Apparently it's easier now, but like... I can see a couple on... I mean, I'm looking at Amazon right now and they're in stock. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I actually just popped it open just before we started this conversation because I knew that was going to be a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to... I need to decide on which one I want to get. It's mainly, honestly, to be used as like a TV thing for now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have a series. I mean, I have Xbox Games Pass, so that means that the Series X has infinitely more value value to me, uh, at like currently. But mm. um, you know, I mean, I, I, I would I would recommend the Series X, but the PS5 has its you know, selling points as right? well. So yeah, it does. Yeah. So um, that's... But, so. so... Um, go ahead. Sorry, don't let me. No, no. I was just saying that. Yeah, that's that's kind of like my struggle at the moment of deciding whether the exclusivities, that the exclusives are worth it. But yeah. um, yeah, I guess this is also from a game development standpoint makes sense of why they're cancelling like Xbox One and PS4 versions of games because like managing multiple platforms, even if they're like slightly different, like you don't it's think hell. that you don't think that they're that hell. different. But yeah, it is actually like. Well, Quite their reason marriage. was they can't reach the quality barrier um, expected of them on the PS4 and on the Xbox One. Yeah. Which to me just sounds like they can't afford to. Also, they've probably taken cue from Cyberpunk. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you remember, Cyberpunk was developing for PS4, Xbox One, Series X, yeah, um, PC, 4K, all that kind of stuff. It was doing it all at the same yeah. time, and it obviously didn't hit any of those bars. Because it's and I, I would imagine every other company has just gone, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> it's so it's like so resource intensive and so difficult to like even <clears throat> like even from a management point of view, like managing all those different ports of the game is already like difficult. But even then, from a technical standpoint of like managing your assets and like different like you know uh sort of like rendering pipelines and things like that for the different mm. platforms is also like like annoying basically it just adds like so much overhead that you wouldn't really think like you know i'm sure it doesn't seem like there's going to be much of a difference between like the ps4 and then like you release the ps5 version but you know there's quite a lot of technical fidelity there's quite a lot of like graphical fidelity that you can add between those two generations so like mm. and it's not as easy as like you know oh just make the ps5 version and then just rip out all of the nice looking things or just flick switches it's not yeah, switches unfortunately. Like, it's, it's a lot of complicated stuff 
Yeah, so um, so it makes sense, right, that that people are doing this now. It but... does, but it also tells me that developers are now ready to accept that PS5 and Xbox Series X are the consoles that are going to be in people's living rooms. Mm. Um, which also, so there was another point that's, that's popped up just as we were kind of starting the podcast. Um, Nintendo have also been quoted as saying that they are very scared about what the next um, Switch is going to be, that they need to make sure that it's the right thing because the... The Switch itself had a very smooth launch. Like yeah. it was obviously quite, con- it was quite concerning for Nintendo because they were they were effectively falling to pieces uh, with the Wii U being as bad as it was, and they don't want. To- In fact, the quote was, "They don't want another Wii U." Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, yeah, is there enough of a value proposition for people if, like, you know, let's say they really they do release like a HD Switch, right? I mean, they already released the OLED one, but I mean, following like the a... Wii, remember? Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. Wii was the 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 record breaker, yeah, the world changing console that was in everyone's homes. And lightning doesn't strike twice. Obviously, it mm. didn't because the Wii U was shite. Well, it, um... it feels like Nintendo has this like sort of on like like massively popular thing, and then kind of like less popular thing to like um. You know, I guess to mop it up. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. so so like But don't don't forget that the big change here, sorry to interrupt, but that the mm. big change here is they don't have a handheld market anymore. Yes. So the the DS market is closing, the the e shops are all closing down. Mm-hmm. So the only thing they're gonna have now is the Switch. Switch, right, yeah. So I mean like mm-hmm. like looking at it from like a again, I am not a games analyst. Uh, I'm just someone who, and I don't really know about much about like market trends or like business, whatever. Anyway, but looking at it from like a game like consumer point of view like you know n64 was groundbreaking in the sense that it was like sort of like one of the first 3d consoles right uh then the gamecube came out and then it kind of fell like victim to like competing against the xbox which had like the higher like big chunky higher fidelity thing going for it and then the ps2 which was kind of like just a massive catalog of games i guess and like you know all these other things and the gamecube was good don't get me wrong but like it, I don't think it was as popular as those two other things, right? If I remember correctly. No, not at all. The, the GameCube yeah. was popular, but nowhere near as popular as the Wii. Yeah, exactly right. And then the Wii came out, and then obviously they had like motion controls, and then that sold gangbusters and was popular with even you know it opened up a new market of people who didn't even like playing video games, but saw things like Wii Sports and were like, oh my god, this is incredible, right? Uh, it was kind of like almost like a technology thing, right? Uh, which is why it sold well. Then obviously we just discussed Wii U shit, right? You know, like whatever. People getting confused. Uh, the branding was a nightmare, and then like you know the whole thing of it just being like, oh, you just get like a, a little tablet screen, you know, that you can't take anywhere, and there's a range on it, and it's kind of like, why does this exist? Kind of thing. Um, you know, it was a weird idea. Uh, it had some cool uses, like uh, asymmetrical gameplay and stuff like that, which were all again came from specifically Nintendo side. Uh, like, you know, all the games that they made in-house and then, like, all the other companies that made games for the Wii U were kind of like, what do we do with this? Kind mm. of thing. So, um, yeah. And then, obviously, the Switch, now it's kind of like this whole thing of, like, trying to merge the idea of behind, like, here's your, t- it's your TV, like, game and your, you know, thing that you take on the move. Which, um, let's face it, was a, was a big step. And a, yes. a big, good step. Massive, right? Because, hope, like, like, I mean... The, the big downside to this is we don't have the data that shows how the Switch would have worked outside of the pandemic world. Yeah. Because suddenly everyone was just staying in their homes. So I would imagine the use of docked went through the stratosphere, like everyone oh, was yeah. using it docked. 100%. Whereas I reckon if it wasn't for the pandemic, the 
you would barely get even a read on people using docked because everyone's going to be out on commutes, mm. traveling, blah, blah, blah. Sick I mean, I'm, couch. I'm, you know, yeah, exactly. Like and that, I'm, yeah. I'm planning a trip to Japan and I'm already planning how I'm going to take my Switch. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, I'm, I'm saying to my mates, like, we should take Mario Kart as well because it could be fun to play Mario Kart in the hotel if we get bored one night. Yeah. In Japan, like, I think that'd be kind of fun. So, this is a silly little thing. So here's the thing, though, is that, like you said, with the handheld market thing, right? Is that like, Nintendo always had the DS and the DSi and whatever. Fall back on. The 3DS to fall back on because it was they had yeah. a monopoly of that market. Fortunately, now with the Switch, they've kind of like combined both of their markets into one. So you have one yep. source of thing, right? So um, I don't know what they do next. Like, is I don't. I, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I don't even think like a HD Switch is really like that appealing. Like you know, to me as a like as as a consumer, you know, like whatever higher fidelity. Like I guess this is the other thing is that like as graphics are getting more and more realistic or whatever. Do I do I even really want to see like a Mario with like 4K graphics? Like that's not really that appealing to me. Like as as a as a person who's now like I feel like most people who play Nintendo games aren't really there for graphical fidelity. Obviously, they want games to look good. Right, don't get me wrong. No, but there but is like, a line. Yeah, but there but like, but like you know, it's more about the the N- Nintendo are more about like the gameplay, right? Like the games are fun. Like it doesn't, they don't need really? the, they don't need the graphical fidelity because the gameplay is so good that it props it up, right? So like, for them to kind of go like, oh, here's our competitor for like the PS5s and the Xbox Ones, sorry, uh, Xbox Series Xs, doesn't really, especially now that Steam Deck exists as well, doesn't really like makes sense to me so i guess they i can understand why they're scared like i guess maybe they'll try and do something like i feel like there's some weird like thing that's that, you know someone at nintendo is probably going like hmm everyone has a mobile phone in their pocket you know how yeah. do we like do some kind of weird thing involving the fact that everyone has a mobile phone and some kind of like i don't know well, maybe, so maybe sorry that that to me sorry well, well we have, there's so much to talk about here because yeah. it's a massive subject um that to me is a problem solver because what was their biggest hit of the last few years before the Switch? It was the 3DS, yes. which had two screens. Then it was the DS, which had two screens. Yes. The problem being is they can't get backwards compatibility right. I mean, look at how they're flubbing the, the emulation with the Nintendo Switch Online. But mm. they are moving to emulation. They're, they're, they're bringing in all of the old games that were eShop purchases and just making them part of the subscription service. So we know that that's where they're going. They're going for like almost like a Game Pass idea, but a very basic one. What they can't get right right now is 3DS emulation, and and I, I use Citra on my PC to emulate 3DS games flawlessly, like it's beautiful. Yeah, it can be done. It can be done well. The 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 save here is that you could emulate 3DS games without too much work by using your phone as a second screen. Mm. You've got the touch capabilities. You've got um, the fact that you don't need to use it all the time, so you can turn it on when you just need to do the bits where you look down. Or otherwise, if you're playing dot, you can have the screen like half and half, or like a picture-in-picture thing. Yeah. So that to me is a solve, but I also don't think it's a it's a perfect solve, and mm. it's not clean. Like Nintendo like things to be clean, yeah. even though their voice chat system is absolutely bollocks. But Horrendous. Um, they do usually like a clean setup. They like things to be simple. Yeah. Well, it's accessibility, right? The whole thing yeah. of like you know, oh, we're just going to give you something like. Hand it to you, go, right, kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. But I, so. I do think that the big thing for the next, the next switch is going to be backwards compatibility because it's the reason that I think a lot of people are going for the Xbox as well because you're not just buying Xbox Series X games, you're buying S, One, um, Xbox 360, Xbox games, and they're all on the console. Mm. You can play them all. 
So I think if Nintendo get backwards compatibility right, the next console will be an absolute smash hit. If they ignore that and make people buy them all again, I'm done with Nintendo at that point. Like I can't be asked for them anymore. Yeah. I'll probably still buy it because this is all hot air and I, you know, I'm a big Nintendo fan. But I'm going to say it right now. I don't like the idea of them not allowing me to use all the purchases that I've made in this generation on the next the Switch 2 or the Switch, which is going to be Switch with two eyes. <laughs> oh, fuck. The oh, thing is, no. the name is right there. They've yep. got the perfect name, Sweet. which is no, which is the Super Nintendo Switch. Oh, like, oh, it's it, it's perfect. Oh, like, it's God. a perfect name. The, the name is there. They need to go for it. Oh no. We're we're in the age of references and yeah, know, blah blah blah. But all right. It, it, the thing is, there's so much to talk about on this topic, but we can yeah, talk more about yeah. it like next time we meet up. But it's just it, it's super interesting to hear your insights on it as well because. Yeah. I go back and forth on this, mainly because we still haven't got Wind Waker HD. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so just in the interest of time, because I know we want to get to our, our music segment. So I want to go for um, dinner at some point as well. I mean, yeah. But, uh, okay, so uh, <clears throat> touching on the next uh, topics briefly, so um, we've got Babylon's <laughs> Babylon's Fall having so one sad. player. Yeah, I read an article on this recently. Um, Was it the Kotaku article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, same. Which is like, Really quite a shame, <laughs> considering that a lot of people probably spend a lot of time developing that. But yeah, makes sense that it's just, it kind of just shows like the game market nowadays, right? Is that like it's really hard to keep people's attention, especially with games like you know Fortnite and all these like live service yeah. free to play games, right? <clears throat> so, and if the game flubs on launch, which that one massively did, yeah, you, you won't get players you, into it. You really. I mean, gotta, the thing like, is, the, the, the only guy playing it is a you know a video game reviewer. Yep. That's it. It's just one guy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's about right. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. It was just a bonus point to add on to the list this week, but that's sad and funny at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But um, mm-hmm. I guess other news that we'll touch on briefly, because I'm, I'm not... As much as I can appreciate FIFA, I am not a FIFA player. Um, we'll talk about FIFA for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, EA recently announced that they're switching their FIFA... Se- this is also kind of confusing. I had to read a lot about that. I had to read into this. But basically, the FIFA series of games are continuing under a different name. So yeah. they're gonna now be going to be called what is it EA Sports FC, yeah, or something, yeah. yeah, yeah so so that series of games will continue. However, the brand name of FIFA because it's associated with the football league, as in like the association, um, because there was rumors apparently or something to do with like FIFA was trying to license their brand uh, at a higher rate. I think it was something mm-hmm. absolutely insane, like one billion dollars yeah. or something. So now that the fee has gone up probably it doesn't make sense for ea to maintain that so now i guess they're going to license out the fifa name to different companies which i think is going to be really fucking weird for people who like fifa and don't really think about fifa as the football organization but think about fifa as the game it's the game exactly that i think that's where they're going to lose their audience yeah it's going to be really weird so um you know i i expect when the new you know the new uh whatever ea sports fc game comes out and the new fifa game comes out people are gonna get really confused because Mm. like the other thing is that ea already has all the things that make fifa popular right you know like the ultimate team stuff like um all the services all the i don't know if there's like even like compatibility between fifa games and all this other shit but then if there's like a new fifa game that comes out and it's called like fifa 23 but it's actually a completely different game like maybe it's, it's a great pro- name yeah i hope they go with that maybe <laughs> say, maybe it's, it's so maybe, maybe it's pro evolution soccer but they've just rebranded it to fifa and it's like oh, shit but don't forget know. pro evo rebranded as well they called themselves e 
football or something. Oh, fucking hell. And no one gave a shit. Like, man, like, everyone sport... was just like, ah, I don't care. So the, as much as I can appreciate people playing sports games and, um, you know, they're quite fun, I, it's, I, you know, it's a different culture for me. This it's, is, not, it's not a culture is... I know much about, I guess. Is the yeah. Thing, this, yeah. This is also the era where I think AAA games are starting to see the end of their dominance in the industry now. Yeah. Um, and as a result, a lot of the contracts that companies like EA had are starting to expire. The big one being Star Wars. The contract for Star Wars games uh, on console expires next year in March. Mm. And that ain't being renewed. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure it's not going to get renewed, though. Yeah. Like, it, it looks to me like everyone wants to make a Star Wars game, and no one can because EA have got this um, got stranglehold over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've released so many bad Star Wars games, it's time to get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, after the Battlefront 2 stuff. Like, that probably yeah. still... I mean, that's like a household thing, I think. Like, people will know about that. They'll be like, oh, isn't that the loot box game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the, so. I, I think, I mean, if I were in charge of that franchise, I, I would be like, okay, yeah, we're done with you now. Thank you. Yeah. Your contract expired. Off you go. Still the um, most downvoted comment on Reddit, I think. Mental, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the football chat for all your football lovers out there, of which there are probably millions of you listening to this podcast because <laughs> why else would you come to a video games podcast and not to talk about football look man um, people... also just 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 what i remember i made a mistake in last week's podcast and i can't remember what it was but i just want our listeners to know i'm very well aware that i said something that was incorrect it was very minor i just can't remember what it was i was listening back to it on the day after the podcast oh, what? and you're just like <laughs> and i listened and went that's just wrong but it, uh, it was a very yeah. minor thing it was a minor thing and i think i just got um a fact backwards is all Mm, mm, mm. But I'll, I, if, if I go back through it, which I will do at some point, I'll repeat it and, and I'll apologise. But to our listeners, I apologise. You probably spotted it. I spotted it too. So yeah. it's fine. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's hop go. straight into our music segment, uh, which is our top. We decided to take these two weeks to think about our top five chill tracks in games. Because um, I, I don't know about you, Clark, but I basically, when I'm working, I just have like music, like video game playlists on like all the time like you know i'm listening to a lot of these like chill chill playlists yeah yeah yeah. like while i'm working and obviously there's a lot of nostalgia and old school you know music's like you know like you can go on youtube and if you just youtube chill gaming like there's so many like uh, thousands of hours yeah like nostalgic n64 you know music from while playing in a room on a crt monitor or something you know like that kind of deal and it's um, all amazing i mean it appeals directly to me but you know, as someone who did that as a kid, so um, yeah, I do it now. I'm 38. I do it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So music that we like to chill to. Top five. Yes. Uh, should we start with yours? Uh, no, we start with mine last time. We'll start with yours this time. Okay. Cool. So, uh, for me, my number five is uh from a game called 1080 on uh N64. Is that 1080 uh, snowboarding? Yeah, 1080 snowboarding, oh, right? Shit, this so is my jam. Recently I went back and I listened to the soundtrack of this game and so as a 90s kid, like also for me now, I love like electronic music and like kind of like drum and bass and whatever. I had my dubstep phase and deep house, whatever. You know. We all did. And then I realized that like um I was like and I listened to this, I was like, "Oh my god, like there's that, of course because it's got soundtracks you know like 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 this right where it's just like oh. this kind of like liquid drum and bass like it's like chill and it's like oh man like this is this has been like one of my work soundtracks 
uh, for a while of just like you know chilling. It's like good like background programming music as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's such a good soundtrack. Like this kind of like this is the, this is like standing in the entrance to an arcade in the nineties. This mm-hmm. this soundtrack, or like going into like a, a somewhat modern office building, but they've got this playing in the reception because they want to seem hip and cool. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's very smooth. I like it. Yeah, it's just this kind of music. It's like full. It's just that drum beat. Like yeah. it's so good. Like the arm and break and how they like fucking just chop it up. Like oh man. Is it called acid jazz or so? Is this acid jazz? No. No 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 no. I think What's this, this is much like... Is it house? <sighs> it's it's some form of drum and bass. I don't. I'm really bad with music classifications, but it's like uh, liquid. It's either liquid drum and bass or like um. Oh, there's a different type of it. I guess it's like almost like jungle as well, a little bit like jungle. Yeah, it's, it's we basically... probably refer to it as like trip step jungle. Yeah. It so it. it's like so it's like this like specific drum beat that you can hear in the background right now. It's called the almond break, and it's about how yeah. it's like cut up into different ways. Anyway, this is not a music podcast. But, but... It is. It is, yeah, yeah, it is now, I guess. Um, We've got yeah. rid of the football fans now. The music fans are here. <laughs> but yeah, the song absolutely slaps. So it's uh, good. It's a good choice. Yeah. Well done. All right. It does break down uh, at some point, which is cool, but I will stop it here. Uh, and we can move on to your number five, Clark. Yeah, so mine, um, it's one track out of, like, thousands for this franchise that any one of them could have been the choice. But I went for this one specifically oh. because it's um, it's so iconic. And it's from Animal Crossing, and it's the track 7pm. You can start playing it if you want to. So there it is. Yep. I'm just going to have a little cough, so I'm just going to mute myself for a second. It's all right. I mean, I literally... This came up on my playlist while I was working today, so, like, so I feel sorry, like I just nearly I f- died from coughing there. I feel like you could you could just put the entire Animal Crossing soundtrack in this category. Absolutely, just like, yeah. Like, there's a few few that maybe not may not be chill step, but so this piece of music was 7 p.m. and it always plays at 7 p.m. in the game, obviously because that's the name of the track and that's what actually happens. And the game plays out in real time. So if mm. it's 7 p.m. in the game, it's 7 p.m. in the world. In on the 3DS version, I think. Yeah, I might be wrong. Is that right? Was that right? It's New Leaf. It says so. it's New Leaf, and it is in real time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it so. is real time. Yeah. So uh, this track would play on my bus journey home from work when I was in France. With my little headphones on, wired headphones as well. So I was using like crappy, free with the phone headphones that are plugged into my 3DS, and this was like my chill out from coming home from work. And it just it became that track that took me home every day, which is quite nice. Because it's just so lovely, and there's also a version of it when it's snowing and when it's raining as well, which has like different instruments. Yeah. So that's why oh, that's track. that's really nice. Yeah, I guess that's one thing I'm missing with the Animal Crossing soundtrack is that like I I've never I've never actually like played an Animal Crossing game. I just listen to the music. What? It's so yeah, right. So I just listen to the music. So I'm missing that association of like the songs with a specific time, which I think is really cool. Like I never. Really yeah, thought and, about and also. That. There's that whole design of the music is supposed to be there just to fill the gaps. Mm. Like, it's not to purvey an emotion, but it is to purvey, like, hey, it's currently 7 o'clock in the evening. You're probably a bit tired. You're winding down from work. Here's a slower trap. But in the morning, there's more like a... Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's more, like, exciting. Yeah, like waking that, up that, music, right? Yeah, Yeah, but that's Animal Crossing. Sorry, I'm going to keep muting myself because I'm having a bit of a coughing fit, but no, you go on to yours. Cool, man. So, yeah, great choice. Um, moving on to my number four... So I've got one of these songs. Uh, it's from Perfect Dark. It's the Chicago Oof. level. It's the Chicago stealth song, <gasps> which is, do you know this I, one? 
I didn't know the name of the track, but I absolutely know this track. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew it was going to be this one. when you, I didn't know Chicago South was this track, but this is the one I could hear yeah. in my head. Unfortunately, this this rendition I'm playing right now doesn't have the sort of like background uh, noise of like the rain and like the lightning that also happens, which is really relaxing. But yeah, like Grant Kirkhope, as always, did a number on this track. So um, yeah. And Grant Kirkhope. Yeah. Oh, it's just a really, like, it's just like yeah this when the drums kick in and it's just really chill again like really good background like programming music like focus music for me it's, it's so good and also uh, with rainy mood you can emulate that exact feeling you were talking about by putting the rain and the thunder sounds over the oh, yeah. yeah i guess you i could go to rainymoods.com i guess and, i could do yeah. that it's just i'm worried yeah. about the volume <laughs> yeah that's gonna mess things up but yeah yeah, yeah. i won't do it now but definitely you've picked a banger here yeah like, if, if you if if listeners at home you want to add this to your playlist yeah we'll definitely try and find a version with uh rain on it yeah yeah because the choice well done yeah it's a great one mm. so my next one is an easy one because i was obsessed with this game in my youth in fact i made an uh, a, a a live wikipedia of this game while what? i was working at a university at college so this was at yeah. college uh, and it's balam garden from final fantasy 8 which uh is just this absolute smasher of a chill piece mm. and this music plays the first time you step into this massive tech school that you you live in right at the start of the game uh, and you walk into this like bizarre thing it's this big like it looks like a spaceship inside but it's also like full of greenery and full of like light and be it's really beautiful and massive and you just kind of wander around with all you can hear is like the tick, 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 tick of the character's footsteps as he's running around mm. and you just have this like plinky plonky like lovely piece of music playing and you don't realize that this music is also telling like a really somber story as the game moves on uh because this school i mean there's spoilers for final fantasy 8 but the game's what three thousand years old so who cares um the school that you're in becomes a mobile unit so it becomes a flying ship uh the whole school lifts up and you can fly it around the map as like a like an airship mm. um and it eventually like gets involved in bombings and stuff and, and things get really dark um but this piece of music is always there when you go inside the school it's always playing apart from when it's under attack and it goes to this like super heavy piece but i just love this this is constantly on my playlist yeah when it's... i'm chilling out at work so i've not heard the song before but definitely see how it would fit into like kind of like chill background yeah like nice. music it's so good and it layers so well as well like it just it, it the music's telling a story but without playing the game you probably wouldn't get the story so and mm. i can't explain the whole story of final fantasy 8 because it's mental i mean it's just that um, P that like this this was a ps1 game right yeah America. yeah yep. it's just like that classic like ps1 sounding like thing yeah it sounds well, like a was, ps1 game like this me. was like nearly orchestrated music on the ps1 mm. But I don't think it was fully orchestrated. Like, clearly some of this is synthesized instruments. It's not real instruments. Yeah. Uh, but it's obviously since then been remastered. Um, there's Distant Worlds, which is the Final Fantasy concert that travels around, and they play this piece, and oh, it gives me goosebumps. So Every time I hear it, I get goosebumps. I love this piece of music. Yeah. Um, but let's go on to your number four. This is great. Yeah, that was great. No, number three. You're so, number yeah, three this now, is my, my number three. So my number three is from Hollow Knight. Because yes. there's this very specific moment in the game. So this uh, this version does have rain because I specifically found the rain version. Uh, it's from uh, it's called City of Tears. Oh god, that's a little bit loud. Um, no, it's fine. So uh, it's a good piece as well. Yeah. So this piece of music it like starts playing when you first you know find the city called the City of Tears where it's raining, but it comes from like I think depending on how you approach it, there's like 
you enter the area from the inside. So you hear like the indoor, they've even got like the indoor rain sound effect and you're just looking yeah. at a window out on like a massive rainy city. And oh, it's just such like, it, and also they put the bench like save point there by the window. So your character can actually just like kind of like sit on the bench and look out the window enjoy it. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, which I think was a really nice touch and it's such a great piece of music as well. It is gorgeous, just, this music is. I think it's like Although, the Although, to be fair, most, most of the Hollow Knight soundtrack is absolutely beautiful yeah it was it was a close for the chill song it was a close contest for me between this one and green path i was about to say green path yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that but, but, <laughs> but this one i think just took the icing on the cake for me but yeah like kind of just um yeah just the harp like all the all the um orchestral stuff behind it and all the, the sort of yeah, like how all the instruments come together is like so good. Eventually, there's like high notes that come in with a flute as well, which are like really great. Yeah, yeah. just Although really great. Green Path. Music. Now that you've said that, I probably would have replaced Green Path with one of mine, but I don't know which one. <laughs> this, this list, this list could be like six thousand songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's so it's... many really good like chill video game music. I mean, it kind of shows that there's so many like things on YouTube like playlists of just like yeah. you know three hour long things of like just one specific genre you know yeah. it's crazy like but yeah I think it's I, th I think the oh, uh, listen to that yeah the violin is so good yeah but I think um what's the name of the composer for this is it Christopher Larkin yeah 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 Christopher Larkin did such a great job uh, on this game. it's so hard to believe that this game was made by three people I know it's mental like, isn't it it's fuck, one, of the, one of the most impactful indie games ever made yeah so good so yeah can't wait for Silk, um, Song, Silk Song but yeah um, good choice good choice that was my Very number good three choice. so moving on to your number three uh, mine's another one from Final Fantasy 8 actually yeah <laughs> so, Final Fantasy 8 was kind of a formative game for me yeah I was saying out, out of the two top fives we've done I think <laughs> three of your songs have been for Final Fantasy 8 yeah because so. it's, it's got bangers in it like mm. so this is Fisherman's Horizon um, this is a weird piece of music that comes in a weird place in the game because you've just had a massive war and everyone's tired people have gone missing you think some people are dead and you think some of your friends are dead mm. and then you just turn up at this like little chill town where everyone fishes and it's lovely and beautiful and this music is playing but it's really fucking like uh, no one knows what's going on and like people are injured and whatnot and you've just got this nice music playing in the background and you're like oh this is lovely i mm. quite enjoy fisherman's horizon um and i just i just like the music like it, it plays a lot in my like chill playlist while i'm working um and it's one of those ones that i like to listen to like when i'm on my own like, mm. This is a, a lonely piece for me. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. Yeah. I love that little A very specific sound suite, though, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, it's really good, though. Like, definitely gives me you that kind of, like, town, like, town vibe kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing with Final Fantasy games, wasn't it? They always had towns, mm. and each town had a very specific theme, very much like Earthbound. Yeah. Um, like, you had, which is one of my bonus tracks, in fact. <laughs> um, but every every town in Earthbound had a very specific like theme to it, mm. and it was really unique. Whereas a lot of RPGs sometimes they kind of blur into one. Uh, like th there was a game that I was I was picking from, um, and I was going to use a track from it, but I didn't. In the end, it was from Shadow Hearts, mm. and the music. I went through the music, and I was like, "No, these are really chill out tracks. They're quite aggressive." Yeah. But the one chill out track I picked was identical to all the other towns, and I was like, "It doesn't really stand out," so I moved yeah. away from it. Sorry, I just had, game, a, just had a gasp there at the bloody windpipes. I was not expecting that. Oh, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> Is it a pan um, flute? Sorry, windpipe. Yeah, the little Aztec uh, windpipe band turns yeah, yeah. off in the middle of this song, like, chucking that's, away. That's rad, man. That's yeah, awesome. it's good. It's, it's just a good song. I like this song. Awesome, dude. 
That's mine. Yeah, great pick. So I guess number two. My number two. So my number one and my number two, I think, are just they're just classics. They're yeah, just, you've, just, you've smashed it with these two. Yeah, it's just you know, like so. So my second, my number two. I'm just start playing it. Oh, if God, if you know, Why? if you know the song, you know the song. It's uh, "Corridors of Time" from Chrono Trigger. Oh, it's just such. Just from that that first note. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a fucking bop, right? It's just like such a good background. Like, obviously, it's got like the kind of like hype. Because, like, the nostalgia hype, so you're just like, yeah, let's go! But yeah. also that, like, you know, it is ultimately just, like, a very chill, like, background track as well. Like, whenever it comes up in these kind of, like, relaxing music playlists, I'm always like, yeah. yeah good. <laughs> Get like, a bit of relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a relaxed heart. Oh, it's just this bit here. Like, it's just beautiful. And when it goes, and then yeah. changes. Oh, I've just remembered, like, six other tracks I wanted to yeah. use now. <laughs> and, yeah, this is the bit you were talking about, right? This bit, so now, this bit yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it starts layering in the music, and this is SNES. Yeah, this is right. SNES music. Like, there's like what was it, 16-bit yeah. sound? So that would have been what eight tracks? Eight channels, yeah. Eight okay. channels. Yeah, in fact, there it is on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. All right. Um, so good. Man. So yeah, eight-channel MIDI, and it just sounds so rich. Mm. Again, this is another one that plays at video games live. Yes. Oof, like, it's so nice to hear this with a full yeah. orchestra behind I it. I can only imagine hearing this live, dude. It must be so good. Listen, so this track actually sends me back to... If I shut my eyes when I'm listening to this, it oh, does do genuinely you, take when, me back to you, sitting in my bedroom. Yeah, when you shut your, your eyes, do you go through the corridors of time? I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yes. Um, uh, yeah. On that note, we're looking for another co-host, because this yeah. one's about to get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really good choice, though. This is yeah. uh, it's so hard to pick these tracks because there's mm. so many. Yeah, like, we, we literally invented a segment for this podcast that could last forever because we could just keep doing this over and over again. Yeah, we just keep and it seems people enjoy it. Track. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So going to your number two. Uh, I've not actually heard this theme or played this game. I just know that. Oh, people... Ollie! I know. Ollie, you disappoint me. This game is like two hours long. Yeah, and it is one of the most well-known indie games of all time. I know. That's yeah. That, like, that's why I need I, to sit down and play it. I can't even stress how impactful this game was on me. Like I cried my fucking eyes out. All right. It is so good. Play it. Play it. Okay. Play, it play it. Play it. Maybe I'll yeah. I'll I'll try and play it. But before next episode if it's only two hours long i could probably it's, play it's it like two or three hours or whatever and the story yeah. is so impactful but it's a game called to the moon and the track is the main theme oh, goosebumps <laughs> turn up a bit <laughs> everyone in the world shut up <laughs> i mean it is lovely it is like, you don't even know what's going on though Oh, I'm guessing this, this game hurts my heart. I'm guessing this song plays at an extremely impactful moment. No, th so this is the, the 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 theme throughout the game. Oh, okay, right. So it, all the music in the game refers back to this theme, and then there's a sung song as well. There's like a vocal song near the end. Mm. Um, but so without spoiling anything, this game deals with a very very personal subject to me. Um, not at the time when I played it, it wasn't personal, mm. but now it's very very personal. It's about a guy. Um, experiences his, his memories that he may have lost ah uh, but just before he dies yeah 
which is the, the the intro to the game like you're helping a guy experience his memories before he dies like you're going through them and, and letting him relive his life effectively so, through this like memory system it's not magic it's done using science sounds very similar to before your eyes in that sense but yeah i'll definitely Probably. have to play this game maybe i'm, I'm sure before your eyes was inspired Listen. by this like oh <laughs> it's just it's so good and uh, i so i got this game in like a steam sale bundle thing as like a secondary thing that i didn't even notice mm. and a friend was like you've got to try to the moon so i was like okay i'll give it a try i sat down i'm not joking start to finish my eyes were soaked oh, man. it is and I, I don't get that emotional at games because it takes a lot for a game to impact me but this hurt my heart it's so many levels it's mm. such a game i'm probably really overselling it because i was younger when i played it but like you absolutely have to play this. It, it, it costs like two pound or something yeah. as well. Like you can get it for next to nothing. I'll definitely play it, but it is very chill as well. The song and the rest like of the soundtrack's really good. There's a few bits that are a bit shit, but most of the soundtrack is really, really good. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, without the yeah, context, right? It is like a very chill song. Yeah. Like hearing it, I think. For, as someone who's not obviously, I don't know the context of it, right? But oh god, yeah. the ending. Oh, I'm playing it back in my Stop. head now. I can't. Stop. Get rid of this track. Stop. Kill it. <laughs> okay. Um. So. For my number one, since I'm going first, I mean, I'm just going to start playing it, because... Yeah. Die, die, Darks Mario 64. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what else do you really need to, like, you know... I wasn't looking at is... my screen. Yeah, you, you didn't even need to look at your screen, yeah. right? Yeah, like, everybody knows that. I think, like, yeah. if you played in the, if you played Mario on the N64 when you were young, like, this is just a song that is, like, so iconic, I guess. Again, kind of like Corridors of Time, but it's also just incredibly chill. And it has, like, three very distinct phases to this song as well. Yeah, like when the drums kick in, yeah, and, yeah. You know, stuff like that, yeah. And the, there's violins as well at one point as well. Or yeah. like whatever the N64 does with what are supposed to be violins. Yeah. Where it starts going, like, the synth. The, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. But, like, what... I don't... Is it... I forget what instrument it is. I don't know if it's called a marimba, or, like, ste I know it's not... It is marimba. Is it, it a is marimba? marimba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that thing that's playing now is a marimba. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the, it's the, it's the name of the instrument on, the, like, the Casio keyboard. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. Such a good... Tra like, such a good composition. Is this so the 20-hour version? Uh, no, it is not. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, it can go on thing. forever. <laughs> it can go on forever. Oh, there you go. There's, this is, the, synth, there's yeah. the strings. See, it's yeah. like, I told you, three distinct phases. There's... The intro, which is the bass instruments, then there's the synth bit where the strings come in, and then there's the drum beat bit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's just so relaxing, like just having this on and just like yeah. Also, there are some absolute insane remixes of this and oh, remasters yeah. as well. Some Dude. beautiful versions. So many good versions of it. Oh yeah, here's the drums. No, there's no drums. Yeah, I can't hear drums. I can it's very faint. I think the guy is literally moving the volume slider. The volume slider, like, come on, like, it's the N64, it's... we can only do so much with this. Yeah. There you go, yeah. <laughs> there it is, yeah, there you go. Oh, I know we're supposed to be talking about this stuff, yeah, but I just yeah. want to listen to it. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's it, right, because it's so iconic. Alright, I need to stop it there. But, no, yeah. oh, how dare you! I'm how sorry! Dare you, sir? I'm sorry, we have you to. Have, you have, we have to dishonored me, we have to dishonored my honour. So, but, great choice, by the way. But um, uh, equal to that, I would say there's another piece in that same genre, um, which is the Sticker Brush Symphony from Donkey Kong. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. The same sort of vibe, similar sort of like feeling to it. Amazing. Mm. But it was actually between that and this that I went to. So, have you played Everybody's Gone to the Rapture? I think I played it, but I wasn't in the right mindset for it when I tried it. It was like a you free really game. Have on... 
It was a free was, game yeah. on PS4, yeah. and I played it like I played it for like an hour, and I was like, I, I I think might have been just before there was a party happening at the flat I was living at. It's not the time to play this game. That's what I mean. <laughs> like really, not the time to play this game. Like so. a somber walk through an abandoned British town. So anyway, yeah. the track is called "Finding the Pattern," which is one of the first tracks that plays in the game when you first step into the town. Yes. Uh, um, what you've what you've done up to this point is you've walked into a very photorealistic area in a in a walking simulator, and you have no information. There's no backstory. There's no whatever. And there's just a phone reading like half a phone conversation. You can hear one side of a phone conversation coming from a phone booth in front of you. And you've got this little town in front of you, and it's beautiful. And this music starts to play as you start to approach it, and it pretty much tells you. This is going to be a story that's probably going to be bigger than you. Like, mm. it's going to be intense. You're going to learn some stuff, and it's going to be weird. Yeah. This game is... It's it's both one of the, one of the better walking sims I've ever played, and also kind of one of the worst. Mm. Because I loved the ending. Just getting to it took way too long. Yeah. Because you do this whole thing where you just explore like different villagers' stories. Because that, I mean, obviously the game is about everyone in this town has been raptured for some in some way, shape, or form. The town is abandoned. No one's there. It's just you. Yeah. And you're just sort of like learning everyone's stories as to why they were raptured. And there is a reason. It does explain near the end. Uh, but there's this gold light everywhere, and you follow the gold light. And as you get close to the gold light, you start to hear like audio samples of the different mm. people. And some of the stories are so sad. Like yeah, like someone's about to get married and uh, their previous husband I think died and she's about to get married again after years of depression mm-hmm. just before she gets raptured so she never gets to like requite her love yeah um there's a baby there's like there's kids that are best friends and they lose their best friend um th- there's all these different stories playing but they're all really small stories but there's just so many of them and that's yeah. why it takes quite long to get to the ending. But the ending is so intense, and it's uh, by an artist called, I think, Jessica, Jessica Curry. Jessica yeah. Curry, yeah. Um, it's just beautiful. And the whole soundtrack is beautiful for this, by the way. All of it is a banger. Yeah. This is really it's good. Just, it's sad. Like um, the violin, made... the string moment, like string yeah. section yeah, yeah. here is really good. So I made my, my boyfriend at the time play this on his own. And he actually stopped playing it about an hour into it. And he said to me, like, I can't, I can't play this game. It's too sad. I said, what do you mean? He says, we need to sit and play this together because it's, it's too sad for me. Aww. And we sat down and played it and he's like crying while he's playing it. I'm like, because I'd already completed it, yeah. had all those emotions and he was just really struggling with it. Mm. But you should maybe give it another, I don't know if it's aged well, maybe yeah. give it another go. But be on your own, wait for a day when it's raining outside and it's nice and quiet and just be you with this game. Just just let it let it take you. Yeah. Let it rapture you. Okay. Cool. So another yeah, I'll there. definitely give it give it give it a look with um to the moon. But yeah, so that's yeah. our those are our top fives. We've got some bonus yeah. bonus tracks here. Um, well, six thousand bonus yeah. tracks. Sorry, sorry, that was yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I could do six thousand bonus tracks. But um, yeah. I'm just gonna like I guess sorry because I know we were talking about something very somber and personal. And um, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. They can be they can then, be fun as well. And then now I'm just suddenly like, hey, dude, let me tell you about. The great deals <laughs> coming to you <laughs> on the uh, Nintendo DSi shop, you know, for 10,000 Wii points, we've got, no, but, you know, like, um, yeah, this song, I mean, all, shift. All, all, that's what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. all of the, all of the, I'm sorry for, for the, the whiplash <laughs> I may have just caused, um, but yeah, like, all of the eShop songs, just chill. 
right. I mean, they are, yeah, and they're a great selection of music. They've become a meme as well. Mm, yeah, that's what I mean, right? That's how yeah. good they are. They are songs that they've just become memes. But yeah, like, um, yeah, that was my bonus track. I just thought I had to give a shout out to all the all the shop musics because, um, but yeah, I'm more I'm more thinking about the <laughs> the whiplash I just caused. <laughs> Oh god! Well, I'm, good I'm choice. Um, yeah. so I've got <laughs> I've got two bonus tracks because I mean I would have thousands, but I've, yes. I've, I've narrowed it down to one I mentioned earlier on, which is the snowman theme from Earthbound. Okay. Um, if you want to pop that on, yeah. Again, back to being a bit more somber. Um, this is again after a part of the game where it gets a little bit exciting, a bit aggressive, and then suddenly you cut to the character Pooh, I think his name is. Mm. Uh, quite weird, his name's Pooh, but whatever. Um, he's on the other side of the world doing his kind of thing, and you, I think it's Pooh or, um, God, what's the kid called? The Gibber the Rockets. Uh, I forget his name, uh, but the nerdy kid, it's one of those two, and you just sort of, he's just like pottering around, just doing his thing. Mm. Necrobarista OST. <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm looking for my other bonus song. Oh, okay. I forgot what it was. But... but this is this is one of my other secret loves, and as we get to around September, October time, I, I switch moods from my soundtracks into Christmas soundtracks. Mm. But I, I pick video game music, so I start to go for things like Diddy Kong Racing in the, the snow area, or yes. um, the Skyrim soundtrack, which is very Christmassy. They're very, like, well, not Christmassy, but snowy. Mm. Um... But you can hear this track, and it's just—it's just lovely. It's a lovely track. Oh yeah. And then um, this, is this is this is really like. So I've not actually lovely. heard that much Earthbound music, but like. Oh, it's lovely. Earthbound's yeah. a lovely game as well. I think I must have heard this maybe on one of the playlists I was listening to, and it was just in the background because it sounds yeah. a little bit familiar. But like. Very yeah. popular. It's, it's simple, but it's one of the tracks that inspired the music to um, Undertale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Toby Fox was talking about it in an interview. Um, but then my other track. So I've got two bonus tracks. Uh, the other one is a classic that everyone will recognise from the first note, and it's the Tomb Raider 1 theme. It's just... gives me goosebumps so much every time I hear this track. Oh, God. This, this game was, like, pivotal in my video game experience. Mm. I didn't know that games could do this or be this or have this music or whatever. This... This was incredible, this game was. I remember my cousin crying her eyes out because I was shooting a bear. Um, and she's like, no, don't kill the bear, it's not fair. And I was like, it's going to die because it's going to kill me. <laughs> me versus the bear, you dumb woman. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> but, but, <laughs> it was yeah. the 90s, I was okay. very problematic. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, I mean, this is a great choice. I didn't even think about, like, you know, Tomb Raider or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, this is... Uh... But So the reason I picked this is because not only does this music give you that chill-out feeling... It really gives you the feeling of walking through like a big cavernous, like mysterious space, because mm. you got all those like plinky plunky violins and stuff, and the obviously the the chanting. We're a big fan of Latin in yes. our music. We like it in everything. Of course, of course. Um, it just feels like you're about to explore something in immense and undescribable. Yeah. And it's also got that lens flare on the box, which I've noticed now is the Photoshop lens flare from Photoshop One. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> what was the nineties? It should be banned. That is a terrible box art. Now look at it. I mean, it's like old word school. Art. Man. It's old. School. It is old school, but it's like word art. Look yeah. at it. <laughs> oh yeah, featuring the... Lara Croft in oh. Papyrus. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah. Oh, this awful. is really nice. So, for my, I guess if we're gonna, I'm gonna finish off with my, I guess I'll have a second bonus track, which honestly I just remembered. 
from all the discussions we were having. Well, I don't uh, know this track, so... Yeah, so I played, uh, over the lockdown, I played an indie game called Necrobarista, which is, uh, I talked about it on the podcast, I think, a you while did, ago, yeah. yeah. Which is, it's a story about uh, a coffee shop that people go to when they die. Um, but it has uh, really great, chill, like, background music. And I think this is the song. I'm just going to play it. We're going to go for a shot in the dark here. So um, I think this is the one. But there was a song that... Yeah, this is it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yes, just, please. It's just this piano. And then there's like a synth that kicks in, which is really chill. But for a long time, this was kind of my like... Yeah, there we go. Oh, I like this. So this song is called Confluence. I think it's on um, Spotify Gira. as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> no Jira, no, no Confluence. Confluence and Jira are the same thing. I know, I know. Well, they're both owned by Atlassian. This yeah, is yeah. A, for anyone that's not a project manager or a product owner or whatever, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. This is nonsense. That's that's some game it's, dev stuff. Yeah, it's game dev talk. <laughs> well, it's, it's dev talk. Dev talk, yeah, dev, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. This is lovely. Yeah. Really like this. I just, I just literally remembered it out of nowhere from what, what we were discussing. Well, not from out of nowhere, from what we were discussing. But yeah, it's just such a good piece of music, like very chill background. Like, yeah. I guess it I just like reminds this. me. It reminds me a lot of like lockdown and just kind of like chilling out with people on Discord and playing games. And yeah, good, good game, good times, good, uh, mm. good music, good, very chill, very chill vibes. Yeah. So, um yeah, I guess that uh that's all of the that's that's our picks for our top chill tracks. Um but yeah, that was really great. Thank you for sharing, by the way, Clark. Yeah. You're Thank good. you. Well, I've got some good tracks there. So yeah. uh, we'll probably share the playlist as well um yes. afterwards. I do have one bonus mention, but it's not a song, it's just a mention just for people to check out because it's a playlist I created. Um, in Spotify from a very specific artist. Okay. Um, and it is a chap called, I think, Moises or Moses Nieto. Mm. Uh, and what he's done is he's made piano versions of like thousands of songs. So I took all of his songs from all of his different albums and put them into one playlist. You can see it in uh, the Sunfire Tavern. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's in there. Um, I'm going to share that playlist on the tweet when we send out the tweet for the tracks because I've also been chatting to him on Twitter. Mm. And I just, I love it. Some of it is a bit, eh. But most of it is amazing. I'll throw it into the Discord. Uh, sorry, the um, description for the uh, podcast episode as well. I'll it, it might. Yeah, I think you might hit a limit of characters at some point there. I'll <laughs> be fine. <laughs> There's so... a lot of links. Yeah, yeah. Um, links. But yeah, so that that's been the the playlist that I've been listening to for the last week or so at work, just with my headphones on. I will also yeah, get that. Nice. That sounds yeah, great. It's, there's a lot of Final Fantasy in there and a lot of Zelda. Mm, I can already see <laughs> from the well. playlist, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of really good songs here. Well, that, that's so it's also ordered by the release date. So a lot of them came out in like, he did a series of Final Fantasy tracks, then a series of Tomb Raider tracks or whatever. So yeah. they come in chunks. It's good. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, I'll throw that in the chat. But um, cool. I guess that wraps up this episode. But um, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. But thanks for listening to episode fifty-nine of uh, the Sunfire Tavern podcast. Uh, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. Uh, you can contact us and send us through like you know emails or questions, whatever, in the um, uh, by clicking the form link in the description. 
Um, sorry, I'm doing a lot of this from memory. So, uh, what else? Uh, I guess yeah, you can listen to us on Sun uh, on Sunfire. You can listen to us on Sun SoundCloud. Sunfire yes, our own new podcasting platform. Uh, no, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Um, and yeah. I think that's that wraps up everything. You got anything? Send any us a message on the Google form. Yes, send us a message on the Come Google on. form, and I will link it in the description. But yes, yes. Um, no, nothing from me. It's been a good, good, good podcast as always. Yeah, been a great episode, and uh, I guess we will catch you guys in the next episode. So, see you soon, everyone. Bye bye. See ya. Bye.